Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Mr. Christopher Colin. Chris, how the hell are you? Good, man. I did the little woo. Royal Rumble was Sunday, and uh, we're on the road to WrestleMania uh, with the Dolphins not really having much news, uh, and the Patriots still being the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um yeah, I'm kind of leaning on on wrestling right now. So yeah, woo, two time Hall of Famer. But man, I'm good. I'm good. Life's good. Uh, the world's okay. I hope you're good. But it's good to be back. It's good to be back. I'm excited to be in front of the mic. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of people are giving us flack, and rightfully so. This is a uh, uh, an extended break. I, I think is the best <laughs> way to put it. But I mean, let's let's just recap where we were at our last episode and where we are now. So on our last episode, Chris, we were talking about how the Miami Dolphins need a new head coach. Got it. Technically, still, on this day, at the end of January, the Miami Dolphins still need a head coach. The last, right. the last episode we talked about, moving on from Ryan Tannehill and what our options are going to be via the draft, free agency, trade. Now, the exact same scenario <laughs> plays out. That's right. A month later. Uh, the last time we left here, we were all bummed that the New England Patriots were good still. Mm. But now the difference is the New England Patriots are in the freaking Super Bowl again. Tom Brady again. and Bill Belichick's ninth ninth appearance as the uh, the dynamic Ugh. duo. So I know people want to give us shit, but let's be honest. There isn't a whole lot to talk Nothing's about. Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. I mean, go ahead and just go back in your time machine and and listen to this on January 5th or January 25th. It doesn't matter. It's going to be the same exact thing. I mean, now, granted, we know a little bit more about the Miami Dolphins coaching situation. Uh, we don't know a little bit more about the quarterback situation. We do know, as you pointed out, that Seth Rollins won the Royal Rumble. Ooh, yeah. uh, and is going to WrestleMania to face Bork Laser. Um, <laughs> and we also know that Dean Ambrose, breaking news here for all you wrestling fans, is leaving Ooh. the WWE in April. Uh, did you see that news, Chris? What are your thoughts on the uh, lunatic <sighs> fringe leaving? I don't know. I saw that, and I don't know if it might be a work. Um, it's one of those things where WWE doesn't do that. Like, do they just publicly announce this guy's leaving in a few months? Like, is he going to be on TV? Um, I'm, I'm torn between it being a work and they're doing a summer of Ambrose type deal like Punk, you know, win the title and uh, threaten to leave with it to the new promotion that the Young Bucks started, AEW. Um, I could see something like that. But uh, if he really is leaving, I mean, I guess good on him if he's burnt out. And last night on Raw, he got he got a curb stop and sold it like The Rock sold a stunner. It was just completely a carnival clown show how he sold that so uh, part of me thinks he's like fuck you vince i'm leaving uh sure i'll lose the south i'll eat a curb stomp but i'm gonna sell the shit out of it and there's nothing you can do about it and then you know him with the whole nia Jax thing so uh, it could be a work but if it's real I, I hope he's either off tv or just doesn't phone it in i'd like to next couple of months to see 
real strong, good at Dean Ambrose, but who knows? Yeah, look, I, I don't get to watch wrestling that often anymore. I still make it appointment television to watch the Royal Rumble and usually the night after because it's still just a fun event, even in, into my 30s here. So I did watch that, and I watched the way he sold that stomp, and uh, <laughs> that was actually what got me thinking that, no, I guess he's leaving because that that is tradition in wrestling. If you aren't happy with your spot, you're not happy with creative, you're not happy with whatever, that you just make the whole thing a mockery somehow. So I remember when Shawn Michaels uh, oh. was, was going up against Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan. SummerSlam, yep. and he was going to quote unquote lose to Hulk Hogan, and he didn't like it. So he sold the entire thing like it was uh, a cartoon, and it was very obvious even to <laughs> younger fans at the time, going like, "What the hell is going on out there?" Like that's that's very weird to see him uh, get punched one time and just go throwing himself across the ring into the audience. Uh, and it was his way of being like, you know, "F you, if you, I'll do the, I'll do what I'm supposed to do contractually, but I'm not going to be happy about it." Um, anyway, yeah, of course we're talking about wrestling up front because again, there's not a whole lot to talk about. With the Miami Dolphins <laughs> and pro wrestling is actually uh, way more interesting than Miami Dolphins right now. But this is a Miami Dolphins podcast, so we should probably talk about the Miami Dolphins. Uh, all signs indicate, Chris, that the Miami Dolphins are going to hire uh, New England Patriots defensive coordinator. What is the name? Brian Flores. I think that's um, right. Yep. As the new head coach, um, it looks like he is hiring. So, so the coach that isn't officially our head coach is hiring a bunch of people to be his right. assistants. Yet he's not our head coach. So I, I mean, it's it's <laughs> the whole thing is very Miami Dolphins esque, if you ask me. And uh, you and I were kind of talking about this off the air. It would not surprise me. I mean, it would shock me, but it would not surprise me if at the end of all this, they're hoisting the trophy and Brian Flores is doing press conferences about, you know, how's it going to be to leave New England to go to Miami? And he looks right into the camera. It's like, what are you talking about? I'm not leaving New England. Are you high? We've been to the playoffs uh, or the Super Bowl nine times in my career here. Uh, no, the Miami Dolphins, I'd fuck them. I'm not talking to them at all. I would just, uh, I'm going to be here with Bill Belichick for the rest of my career. Can you imagine if that were to happen? I mean, I can imagine it, I guess is what I'm oh, yeah. saying. Uh, yeah, my answer literally was about to be yes, I can. Uh, Josh McDaniels literally just did that uh, last year as the offensive coordinator. Maybe Bilicek is just trying to fuck with us. You know, former AFC East uh, rival, the Colts, he does them, and then he can do the Dolphins dirty too. And then all of a sudden we're like, you know, hiring Rex Ryan or some shit because we were just scrapping for um, the next best thing because Flores turned us down. Yeah, it, it's just, it's weird. It's been very weird. He got asked some questions about it. Um, high level inside guys that break NFL news are just adamant that he's going to be our head coach. So you feel okay about it. But yeah, Josh McDaniels literally just did this. He had staff and everything hired and um, good on Frank Reich for coming into the Colts and keeping those guys on board. Cause that, what a shit show that was. I mean, like he hired a staff then said, you know what? I'm going to stay in new England. And then, here comes a new head coach. He could have easily been like, I want my own guys and good on him for keeping them. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it's just weird. We're hiring people. Uh, Brian Flores is uh, refusing to comment on uh, at the media day for the Super Bowl uh, just to show how much there's nothing going on for the Miami Dolphins. Armando Sargero's most popular tweet today was that Flores refused to speak in Spanish to a Spanish-speaking news channel, even though he's from Honduras, more at 11. Like, it was just so 
pandering and ridiculous that that was even a tweet like he's trying to stir the pot and he got a lot of shit for it rightfully so because there's just fucking nothing to talk about right now and the guy's obviously being tight-lipped about it because a he has a super bowl in a few days and b he's a bill belichick guy he's not going to be like yeah so the dolphins can't wait till next season who are we going to draft maybe kyler murray i don't know <laughs> like of course he's gonna be tight-lipped so them even you know asking for quotes is just absolutely absurd and we are going to get into the staff that he's building around him and some of the uh, the talent that he's got going uh, to the Miami Dolphins, some of the talent that he's keeping in Miami on their, uh, as, as part of his coaching staff, at least uh, by all indications, who he's keeping. Uh, but before we get into that, Chris, I, I did want to mention uh, about Brian Flores. You know, look, he is at this point uh, the odds-on favorite to be the head coach. Um, we talked a lot about some of the other guys out there, the Harbaugh brothers, uh, Chris Richard was out there, some of these mm-hmm. other ones. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brian Flores uh, unofficially being the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins? Are you for it? Are you against it? Uh, what are your thoughts in general about this move um, for Miami? Well, that's a good question. I've seen a lot of Dolphins Twitter be uh, and react the same way that I think my feelings are towards it, where – um, I feel good about it, I guess. I mean, like the defense is good. But how much is it, uh, it actually Bill Belichick that's creating this genius defense? Uh, there hasn't been a lot of New England coaches, protégés of uh, Bill that have actually gone on and been successful head coaches. I don't think there's any other than maybe Houston's. Um, yeah, so oh, Bill O'Brien's about the only one yeah. that I can think of that had any sustained success. I mean, Charlie Weist had something in at Notre Dame, but at the pro level, Romeo Cornell was a washout. Um, yep. You know, everyone else, including uh, Josh McDaniels, was a washout until he eventually goes back, you know, down the road. I, I just I can't think of one that uh, no that that stands and, out. And really, O'Brien had to go to college first yeah. and go to Penn State uh, and then go to Houston. And I mean, the guy's got Clowney and Watt and was able to draft Deshaun Watson, had some success there. So good for him. Uh, but really, other than that, it's just one of those things where. Flores started as a he he said in one of his uh, quotes today he made twenty thousand dollars a year as like a scout assistant and worked his way up which you love that I mean you do like that as a head coach he literally burnt the midnight oil he did the job he knows what he's doing as far as uh, how a good great well one of the best ever organizations is run uh from the beginning to end he's been there through that so hopefully this is a little different who knows he's put together a pretty good staff if it is true that you know jim caldwell's coming and being an assistant head coach that's genius man as a manager myself in the bank and i was a a first-time manager god i wish i had a strong um very seasoned assistant branch manager to kind of help out i can close the door and be like you know am i doing that right what do you think that looked like um that's something he's going to need and plus he was a good offensive mind not a good head coach Jim Caldwell but good offensive mind to the point where Cam Cameron was fired for him I think for the Ravens uh, in the middle of the year when they ended up going to the Super Bowl so he turned some things around um, the staff he's bringing in as offensive line coach uh, wide receivers coach some repeat names we've seen out there and in, the, in, in all that but I'm kind of excited about it I mean I think he's I heard he's a good, great guy great person demands perfection um, not as vocal as Chris Richard would have been, like a kind of guy that's rah-rah in your face, the players get behind. Um, but as I alluded to in the beginning, I'm kind of more along the lines of Dolphins Twitter right now that from what I've seen to where I'm just in wait-and-see mode. There's no way I'm going to proclaim this guy as the next best head coach like everybody was doing with Adam Gase. Um, 
I'm just going to wait and see because I just I'm not optimistic anymore about being a Dolphins fan. That's been drained from my bloodline. It's officially where I'm sitting back and I'm like, show me because I'm not getting excited for anything on paper anymore. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, he, he's been with New England for, I think, since 2004. I mean, he's 37 years old, so he's a younger coach. Uh, but he's the only system he has ever been in as a coach uh, is with the New England Patriots, whether it's a scouting assistant, pro scout, special teams, assistant offense and special teams, defensive assistant, safeties coach, linebackers coach, and defensive play calling um, uh, from 2016 until now. So he's been all over the map. I mean, I guess on some level, like you said, he, he's been a scout. He's been uh, involved with the offense. He's been involved with special teams. He's obviously been involved on defense. And he is coaching under one of the greatest, if not arguably the greatest head coach in football history. So you do like that. He does have three Super Bowl rings as an assistant coach in, 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 in that organization. And he is putting good assistants around him, at least on paper. It looks like a nice staff to be around him. But again, I'm like you. I'm kind of like, I'm going to be honest with you. When I heard the name Brian Flores, I thought it was Tom Flores' kid. You know, the old Raiders <laughs> and Seahawks coach. I, I was like, who the hell is Brian Flores? Flores. I didn't even know he was on the Patriots staff. And then I was just like, okay, who's this guy? Are we just pulling a guy from the Patriots because of the Patriots? I mean, we mentioned a couple of them. And and it wouldn't be fair to say that Bill Belichick is completely barren when it comes to his head coaching tree. But the majority of people that have had success have had success at the college level. Nick Saban, Kirk Ferenz, um, Bill O'Brien at Penn State before he went to Houston. But you also have Eric Mangini. You also have people like Al Groh, Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell, Matt Patricia is still an unknown, Josh McDaniels like we talked about. A lot of his assistants have gone on to be nothing as a head coach with the Miami Dolphins. Now, that could be just bad casting. It could be the fact that you know, they just didn't have the right pieces and were fired too early and maybe expectations were too high. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm definitely in a wait-and-see approach. I do think that the Miami Dolphins are basically telling everybody, you know what, we are rebuilding, and we're going to lose. We're going to lose a lot in uh, the next year or two. We're going to try to get our quarterback of the future. If things go right and we win a couple games along the way, hey, bonus. But uh, I am not expecting the Miami Dolphins to reload or uh, revamp in a way and go after the New England Patriots or anybody else in the AFC uh, starting next year. And I think Brian Flores knows that, and maybe that's why he's the guy for this job, is that I, I think they were probably very honest with other people and said, you know what? we're probably not going to win and you're going to have to be okay with being that coach that shepherds us through some dark times and hopefully you come out um with your players on the other end and win some games but uh yeah I, i'm with you man i was he was he in your top three or five out of all those names that were thrown around i, I really like the defensive coordinator uh from dallas chris richard i, yeah, I thought he was too. the guy and um i was really surprised and somewhat disappointed to find out that uh, he was pretty much off after one uh, one or two interviews, and, and they were gearing towards Brian Flores. Yeah, I have a feeling with his type of personality, even watching him coach uh, at the Pro Bowl, that uh, when they told him that we're looking to lose, he might have he might have bucked it. I could see him being the yeah. type of guy that goes, you know, well, fuck that. Like, I'm here to win, man. Like, you can give me the worst players in the league. I'm going to try to coach them up to win this. Um, there's no way I'm tanking for Tua. There's no way I'm going out there and telling a group of professional grown men that we don't expect to do much the next couple of years when their careers, the NFL is an average of a three-year career for a player. So, yeah, of, of course, and then Dominic and Suze and the Cam Wakes are going to play 15 years, but you're talking to the Walt Aikens and you're talking to the guys like the Bobby McCain's and the 
the uh, Kalen Balages that are, and you're going to tell them that you got to wait a year or two before we're successful or doing anything. They, the clock's ticking for those guys. These aren't like these superstars, bona fide guys that are, are good to make millions of dollars for a decade. Like they have to make sure that they make their money, they stay healthy, and they try to win as much as they can every single season. So to look in the face of these guys and tell them that we're tanking, which I find is very odd, Sam. Like I know we've not been successful and I know we've had some low expectations going into some seasons the last decade or so, but this is the weirdest timeline right now where uh, Barry Jackson and Armando Sarguero are legitimately saying they're hearing from back office people from people behind the scenes that are saying we are not winning next year. Like we fully expect to lose. We are tanking. Like they're using the word in all caps tanking. And it's just a very, weird spot to be in because you're one Baker Mayfield away and a couple of draft picks or one Jared Goff trade up and find him. The Rams were terrible. The Rams were absolutely garbage when they're on hard knocks and Fisher was their head coach. They were terrible. And they traded a bunch of draft picks from right around where we are at 13 to go up and get a guy. Now, should we go do that this year? No, there's locks not worth that pick. You know, Murray, you're not going to trade up for him. If he falls at 13, you you think about it, but are you going to really just say we're done? We're tanking when it's very easily. The NFL is a much parody league other than the Patriots where you can get a guy like a Patrick Mahomes that wasn't very highly touted, and now all of a sudden he's MVP. Holy shit, look what he's doing every single day. You have to stop and watch this guy play. When he's coming out in the draft, that was not the talk of this guy. It was very much like, eh, where's he going to go? Oh, my God, the Chiefs drafted him. That's odd. You know, They have Alex Smith. He was not this big name, and all of a sudden he's MVP looking good, uh, MVP of the Pro Bowl. Like, Who knows who's going to step into that um, limelight and come into your locker room, and we're just tanking? We're giving up? It sound it's very weird. It's a very odd place to be right now. Yeah, it really is. And and you know, like you said, uh, I think everyone coming on board has to be aware. I mean, if we're aware of it, the coaching staff has to be aware of it. The players, on some level, whether they're going to be happy about it or not, they have to be aware of it. So I am really curious as to how this is going to play out next year. I mean, I guess the people that say, "Hey, nobody's expecting anything of us. Game on. Let's go out there and try to," uh, you know. Uh, Shock the world a little bit, if you want to call it that. Um, also, Jim Schwartz, I think, came from the Bill Belichick tree, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, but uh, it's 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 weird, right? I mean, that's all. And, you know, looking at this well, and looking at Reddit. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and it's weird. And then my thing, too, when you brought up Chris Richard is, and I wanted to ask your opinion on this. I know a lot of people like Brian Flores. But if you're sitting there and you know that uh, Chris Greer and Stephen Ross in this interview is telling them, we fully expect to lose. We're not going to be good. And he's okay with it coming from that organization he's coming from. It just seems like he's excited to have the opportunity to be a head coach. I, I, I just – Ah, I'm really torn about the hire because um, if that is true, if it's – I mean it's being – Barry Jackson somebody I trust very much within the uh, innards of the Miami Dolphins and um, he's been doing it for a long time in the Miami Herald. And for him to come out and say that we're tanking and that is true and every, he's heard from behind the scenes that people believe that. 
what did Brian Flores agree to? What did he sign up to? Uh, part of me thinks it's a good job, no pressure. If he wins, great. They weren't expecting it. If he loses, he's not going to get fired. He doesn't have a short leash. But the other part of me thinks, like, how competitive are you? Do you want to get in there and, like, turn this thing around quickly? Are you truly expecting to draft sunshine from Clemson in two years? You're going to wait that long? Um, there's no way he's going to walk in a locker room and have the respect of a guy like a Rashad Jones. And he's going to look him in the eyes and be like, hey, man, we're not counting on anything more than four wins. It just doesn't sound right. Well, and and you look at that, and you, you look at a guy like Brian Flores. I, I have literally never heard his name attached to right. any other job, you know, ever in terms of getting an interview or as a candidate, whether it's a minor or major candidate. Never, it has not happened. At least as far as I can tell, I'm sure somebody out there on Twitter or somebody else is going to prove me wrong. But I've just I haven't seen his name attached to anything. So to your point, it's kind of like, hey, you want the job? It's not going to be a fun job, but you'll get paid and you'll get your first head coaching gig and, and get some experience or something. And he's like, sure, I'll try it. Uh, but looking at that, you know, that aside, Brian Flores is our head coach, and maybe that is the right move because if you look at that, Adam Gase was the hot assistant that everyone wanted. He was, right. you know, he almost pulled what Josh McDaniels did, and that he went down the road with the Niners and eventually balked at being the Niners head coach, and then ultimately the next year we got him. Um, you look at somebody like, uh, you know, to a degree, uh, the old farmer that was here before him uh, was somewhat of a hot commodity, uh, Joe Philbin, because of what Aaron Rodgers made him, you know, look like in terms of a genius. So we've kind of always chased either a name or the hot prospect, and that goes back to Nick Saban, Jimmy Johnson, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe taking this low-key approach of maybe pulling somebody out and saying, hey, let's see what he can do, let him learn on the job, season him a little bit, in a couple of years we have ourselves, you know, a young, dynamic coach that can lead this team for, you know, a generation of football might be the way to go. But looking at his staff, and you alluded to it, he's got a couple of people that are holdovers uh, from the previous regime, which is always good. I think, you know, strategically, yeah. if they're good coaches or not, it's one thing. But having some familiar faces for uh, some of the players to say, hey, that guy was here last year. Thank God I have somebody I can talk to, somebody that I can you know, bounce ideas off of or just complain to or whatever the case may be. So our running back coach, Eric Studesville, is going to be back. Um, I think we also brought back, brought back Tony Oden, who was our defensive uh, backs coach. And mm-hmm. if you look at it, those are the two units that probably outshined and outperformed Pretty strong, this past yeah. season than any other um, – uh, part of our entire team. Uh, now, with that being said, Matt Burke gone. Thank God he's going to Thank Philadelphia God. to ruin their defense. Um, you have uh, is he been is he been named their defensive coordinator? No, I think he is the special assistant to Jim Schwartz on the Philadelphia okay. Eagles staff. Okay. So Jim Schwartz is their defensive coordinator. So they're Matt, fucking morons. <laughs> yeah, no, Matt Burke is just going to stand there on the sidelines behind him and stare off into nothingness like he did. He's for that us guy for two that pulls seasons. him off the sideline and makes sure he doesn't get on the field. He's like that guy behind yeah. Jim Schwartz. He just grabs his hips and like literally tangos him off the field. Yeah, what does that job review look like at the end of the year? Does Jim Schwartz is <laughs> down with him and say, hey, you know, week five, you delayed a little bit in pulling off the, the, the fifth defensive back when we were putting in our jumbo defensive unit? I like a little uh, bit more firmness from the yeah. left hand when you grab the hip, when you pull me back that way, I know you mean business. Listen, when you bring me my water on the sidelines, it better have three ice cubes. Do you understand, Matt Burke? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what special assistant to the defensive coordinator means other than that. But uh, anyway, so he's gone. Darren Rizzi, um, a longtime you know, special teams coach has pretty much been here, I think, uh, what, 15 nine years, years. 10 nine years. years, yeah, nine years, say, yeah, yeah, nine years. So he's moving on, he's in talks to move, uh, to join another team, and you know what, rightfully so, he, he wasn't going to be able to stay here. So we've hired his replacement. Um, but then you, you'd mentioned it Patrick Graham, Jim Caldwell, Pat Flaherty, Marion Hobby, uh, Chad O'Shea. 
Uh, I looked on Reddit, Chris, 12 Super Bowl rings, 19 conference championship rings, four NCAA championship rings on that staff uh, as it currently stands. I mean, uh, there is a culture of winning and how to win at both college and the football level, at the pro level with this staff. Now, I don't think you can credit any single one of them for any of those rings, but um, there is something to be said about being around winning cultures and understanding what works and what doesn't. So, you know, I, I wish him the best. I hope this works out. I'm just, uh, I, I'm, I'm skeptical, and I'm hoping to skeptical. I can't even say the word. I, I don't know if I like <laughs> it or not. Say. Yeah, uh, you can tell we're out of, uh, we're out of um, sync here. It's been over a month since we've done a podcast. I, uh, I don't know if this is going to work or not. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. But I do like the, I like the hires. I like the people that are reportedly coming to Miami, and I'm, I'm willing to give them a shot. But uh, cautious would be, uh, yeah, an understatement. No, absolutely. Like it, it's just one of those things where you just buckle in and, and hope it goes well, but there's no way I'm expecting anything. Yeah, it sounds great that they come from a protege of winning. And like you said, you mentioned it. Uh, they know what a winning organization looks like, regardless of where they're from, either college or the NFL. And that's huge. That is big. I mean, I do appreciate that. I hope they come in. They change the signs on the walls. They put some pictures up. They start talking about greatness, what it means. Use like examples, like guys showing up on time, being nutritious and eating. Eating and not staying up playing Fortnite all night uh, before a game and getting cramps and not being physically able. Uh, you, Devontae Parker, um, just things like that where they just expect greatness. A lot of the guys that have been interviewed about Flores that I've seen, the Patriots players that have played for him, um, they haven't been overly gaudy about like how great of a guy and they're so sad they're losing him. Of course, they have said those things, but I've also seen uh, this play before. I remember when the Cowboys lost Sperano and how the players were just like terror. Ter- they hated losing him. They were so sad. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers were so upset to lose Joe Philbin. Um but it doesn't mean that he was a good head coach. And right. these guys have said things about Flores that are a little bit different than them. Instead of being like a player's guy, a guy they can come to, uh, they've said things like he holds them accountable. Um, he demands perfection. He wants them to go above and beyond. Those are things that they respected and appreciate as a coach uh, and use that as an actual positive of what he was as a type of coach instead of like he's a guy I can be chummy with and rub elbows with and kind of go to if I needed something, some advice about being on the field. He, he, you know, he was a coach. He was a great coach. And he wasn't a dick about it. He wasn't a Nick Saban about it where you walk over your heat stroke body and then still demand those same things. He would also be a good guy. So he's at that perfect balance. And like you mentioned before, he's done everything. He's a scout, did offense, did defense, did linebackers, called plays, learned under Bill Belichick. So he's got that complete background and that's one thing we talked about a lot with Adam Gase he was sitting there on the sidelines fake writing down things on the sideline while the defense was playing Um, I don't think he's going to do that I don't think when the offense is on the field he's going to be just like running away he's going to be paying attention to all facets of the game and that's what you want from a head coach from a leader because they all see that and um, I think it's very very much other than Drake really um, the only guys that were sad to see Gase go were offensive guys and the guys that shit all over him were defensive guys he just wasn't involved and I think Flores seems like the type of coach that will be 
Uh, given what we know now, I'm pretty sure Adam Gase wasn't doodling. He was actually updating his uh, LinkedIn page to uh, <laughs> show his job history for potential uh, suitors there, now the head coach of the New York Jets. Uh, as we may have predicted, actually, on the last episode of Perfectville late last year, uh, I'd have to go back and listen. I'm not going to, but I would have to go back and listen <laughs> and see if uh, if that's what we actually predicted or not. But I feel like you did. I think you said he's going to end up with the Jets. Uh, and if so, kudos to you. But um, How about his press conference, man? Oh, my God, we didn't get a talk about this his Ooh, eyes yeah. i mean my twitter uh, avatar is is him like it's just it, he looked like he was high on so many different things is unbelievable my wife just is adamant he was on coke or some kind of um pill form of something because he looked absolutely absurd well i i will say this i know people who know adam gase very very well people that uh have have hung out with adam gase in social settings and people that uh I know for a fact, uh, probably need 28 days to dry themselves out. And it would not surprise me. I am not accusing him of anything, but it would not surprise me if uh, if at some point um, he was suspended for four games for conduct detrimental to the league at some point if they were to piss test coaches. It would be an interesting, it, you know, it would be really interesting, Adam Gase aside, if they actually drug tested coaches to see what oh, they're yeah. on just to uh, just to see how they get through their 20 hour work days and stuff like that. But what's interesting. Bill Belichick's got to be on Quaaludes. Bill Belichick is a drug. He's a, a that's, he's just like one humongous pill with with a comb over. That's all he is. His bloodstream uh, is downers. That's yeah, it. yeah. He's just he's just a, the one big depressant pill. Um, <laughs> but the thing that I thought was interesting is that I I literally had about five to ten people text me and be like, "Dude, what's up with Adam Gase's eyes?" And I'm like, "They're always like that. He's always bugging yeah. out and doing weird shit." And they're like, "We've never noticed that before." One press conference with the New York media, and it is a worldwide phenomenon. So. <laughs> For somebody who hates the press as much as Adam Gase hates the press, oh, man. for somebody who does not want to sit there and deal with this shit, um, the spotlight is already on him, and it's shining right in his weird, twisty, twirling eyes. Because uh, we were in Miami for three years, and as fans, as Dolph fans, citizens of Perfectville, we knew about it. You, you see him bug out all the time. But to that level, to that extreme, I, I was like, even I was like, wow, that's that's pretty bad, even by Gase standards. On the Gase meter, that's a 10. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how do you think he's going to fare with that New York media, especially with a team that isn't great? No, yeah, <laughs> all I think about is him in that press conference, and it was like we looked at pictures and memes of him just for days. They literally never stopped. But um, it's going to be interesting to see. He's got Sam Darnold. I think it's the youngest quarterback he's ever uh, head coach, is from what I saw from the stats. He's got a Jamal Adams. He started in the Pro Bowl at safety. Obviously, that kid is a stud. Um and he's just going to have to build around it. Obviously, they gave him the, um, uh, what, the thumbs up, basically, that the playoffs aren't like an end-all, be-all for his coaching reign. Um, Good. It's, yeah, it seems like they're being very um, cautious with him as well, almost like um, not saying they're tanking like the Dolphins are, but they're just saying that, like, we expect some bumps in a road, but we're going to allow him to get his team together. I found it interesting that he said that um, he didn't want personnel control in New York and that it was just given to him in Miami uh, without him even asking for it. And I found that very odd. I don't know if he was just, um, you know, that was a cover because they were like, dude, we saw how shitty you were yeah. in Miami. Like we're not giving it to you in New York, but you can go ahead and say that you were offered it there just to shit on them, but there's no way you're touching this roster. Like you just coach what we give you. Um, but it, that was very interesting in his press conference. 
Well, I think it's him saving a little bit of face. I mean, if you right. look at the tail end of his career down here, I mean, I, one of the things I, I really liked about Adam Gase is that he never seemed to sit on excuses. He was just like, we played poorly. Um, we, di- we didn't coach well. You know, I need to do better. This person needs to do better. Or we cut people that aren't doing what they need to be doing. And then towards the end of his reign, you know, probably because he was trying to, to – you know, make himself more attractive to other uh, coaching job, vacancies. Yeah. All of a sudden, you started hearing all these excuses. Well, we played them well, but we caught them while they were hot. Or, you know, we were way too injured to beat this team. Or this, that, and the other. And I'm saying, like, where, where are all these excuses coming from? And that's what it really sounded like uh, in that press conference there. It was like, well, I never really wanted to, you know, control the roster. Who the fuck says that? Every head coach right. I've ever seen uh, has always wanted more control because that's their personality. They want to control the whole thing so that they understand and can almost predict the outcome, at least what they think should be the outcome. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think they're like, no, 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 you're not touching the roster. You know, you're going to cook with the ingredients we give you, basically. Um, so that's just a little bit of uh, me, I think, him saving face uh, as much as you can save that face at this point. Um, so that being said, you know, look, the Jets are going to be bad. The Bills are still rebuilding. The Dolphins are going to be, my, my, right now, I think everyone's basically saying we're going to be the worst team in the league. Um, the team has more or less confirmed that we're going to be bad. And if we win a game, we should really just, you know, count our lucky stars. I'm really wondering and curious what the message is going to be to the Miami Dolphins fans next year. I mean, if you're a guy that has to sell season tickets for the Miami Dolphins in 2019 and you got to start calling these fans and be like, hey, we got a new coach, we got a new era, we got a new uh, promotion where if you show up in the first 30 minutes, you get to flip the coin (laughs) yourself. I mean, it's going to be like minor league baseball out there. I I really do think it's going to be like a triple A game. You're going to see shit like, you know, helicopters landing in the end zone before the game where uh, the local <laughs> mayor comes out and waves to everybody and then they you know I, I, I am really curious what promotions the Miami Dolphins are going to have next year uh, you know maybe we'll throw that out to the Twitterverse uh, all the citizens of Perfectville on Twitter give us your best Miami Dolphins 2019 promotion that you can think of to get people to these shit show of a games that are going to happen in 2019. Yeah, not just to the games, but to stay. Uh, that's the best. <laughs> that's, that's the best part. Is uh, I'll never forget being a kid. You know, I got to watch the then Florida Marlins win two World Series as a uh, as a child and and growing up as a teenager in two thousand three. So I'm, I'll never forget those. Ninety seven was amazing. I was ten. My parents let me stay up late because I went to extra innings against the Indians. Edgar Renteria had the base hit. Craig Council scored. Rest is history. It was amazing. Um, which, by the way, that game is very underrated and not talked about enough i mean that went to game seven extra innings bottom of the 11th inning walk off to win the world series that is just the dream when you write a script for a baseball movie so uh that and then 2003 beating the yankees with josh beckett two days rest that was fucking incredible but other than those two seasons man the marlins were bad and i remember going to games living down there and the promotions they did were like after the game you could run the bases like they let us go on the field I remember being well. You didn't kid. realize it was, those were tryouts to see if they could get anybody. <laughs> exactly, the they were. And I remember being Gary Sheffield. I did the whole like bat, like back and forth, and I pretended I hit a ball, and I sprinted from home to first, second, third, and 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 home. And it was the coolest thing. And then I went on Father's Day. They let you like go out with your dad and play catch on the field. Like they really wanted you to stay for these games. So the Dolphins are going to pull some shit out of their ass. You know they are. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what our fans come up with. But man, Sam, it's going to be some interesting stuff like literally if you stay till the the game ends we'll give you ten thousand dollars like please stay because it's going to be 
really bad. And the uh, Browns are good now, and they're the only team that kept us from looking like the laughing stock of the league. So here we come. Wee. Yeah, I mean, it'll be something like uh, come to the game for free, but it's going to cost you $75 a person to leave. You know what I mean? Like that, they'll get their money on the tail end. Like, oh, you want to leave? Well, now it's the cost of a regular ticket, you asshole. How dare you show up to this game? This is awful football. What are you doing? You know, like the first 54 fans that show up, actually get to play in the game like you, you will just have a different team every single week uh for a home game like hey the first 53 that show up uh put on a jersey you're playing who wants to play quarterback you know what i mean something like that um yeah let's, let's just figure out let's have some fun with that uh at perfectville pod on twitter uh, or you can check us out on facebook or instagram which i never update uh at perfectville podcast let us know what your biggest uh, our best promotion for the Miami Dolphins is going to be in 2019. I'd love to hear, and we'll read the best ones on the next episode of Perfectville, which will be, I think, in 2021 at this point. <laughs> um, so uh, that being said, Chris, we, we talked a little bit about Adam Gase. We talked a lot about Brian Flores and uh, his coaching staff. What we have not done is talk about the personnel for the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And really, the, 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 the position here is the quarterback. Look, I, I don't need to, to sugarcoat it. Um, we talked a little bit just a tiny bit about uh, what we could do since it looks like we're moving on from the Ryan Tannehill era. Um, we threw out some suggestions last on the last episode. Uh, I think I mentioned A.J. Feely or whoever the backup quarterback for the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles is right now. I can't remember. Um, Nick Foles. Nick Foles. That's his name, not A.J. Feely. A.J. Feely. <laughs> that was like 10 years ago. Hey, uh, the last time we pulled the backup quarterback from the Philadelphia Eagles, it was A.J. Feely. Uh, although the last time the Philadelphia Eagles pulled the backup quarterback from the Miami Dolphins, they got a fucking Super Bowl ring and made him head coach. Um, mm. So uh, not well, a fair and trade. A.J. Feely also wore uh, eye black uh, at night, so fuck him. Yeah, but you know what? AJ Feely had a hot wife. So they all seem to, even yeah. the bad ones. Uh, really, the worse the quarterback is for the Miami Dolphins, the hotter the wife. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's weird? one of those things where it's like, look, you're going to make millions in the NFL, Ryan Tannehill, but you're not going to pull much ass because you're not that good. <laughs> no yeah. one's going to know who you are. The casual woman is not going to know who you are. It's a perfect. It's, it's like be, basically be, it's the career of Matt Moore. You get paid millions of dollars. You get to hold the clipboard. You're that close to being a starting quarterback. We never get to get hit. You're good. And you make millions doing it. It's it's genius. You, I'd re- she'd rather do that than aim for the Tom Brady, which you're you're battling with Giselle. That's not going to happen. So, yeah, you mediocre starting quarterback will be the guy you go for. That's it. Yeah, just just tell everyone you're Brian Hoyer, Ryan Tannehill, and you're backing up Tom Brady. That's a more more prominent position than starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins these days. Um, yep. But that being said, you know, Nick Foles is an option. I've heard many people come up to me and tell me that they think Nick Foles would be a good stopgap, which I agree because that was one of my ideas before anybody else ever told me that. I'm like, thank you for listening to the show. You're clearly telling me you don't listen to the show i appreciate <laughs> that um but what do you think about uh you know the the keepler elf that everyone is falling in love with as the quarterback uh if he falls to number 13 uh he's like five foot seven or whatever he is um tyler what's his name tyler lockett uh, as Ky- tyler kyler murray oh kyler murray i'd rather have tyler lockett <laughs> I <think. laughs> yeah i mean no. like um heisman trophy winner um undersized for sure um you know he was listed at oklahoma at 510 so i mean that's not really that small honestly considering drew Brees, russell wilson um but he is like 15 pounds lighter than russell wilson on a good day so he he is small but you know what and this is the line of thinking i have and i i, I voice this on twitter um look if you're if you're tanking and he's there at 13 draft him and if he sucks great we're still tanking yeah if he's great 
we fucking got lucky and we got a great quarterback. That's it. I mean, like, why? What? What is the risk there? Um, it, it, unless there's some kind of mind blowing uh, Quentin Nelson type guy that's going to be your the, your guard for the next fifteen years and solidify the position, or if there's some kind of edge rusher that's going to be the next like JPP or Watt, then yeah, you get him. But if not, and you're just kind of still guessing, throwing darts at the board, fuck it. We've draft. Somebody posted our last like fucking ten first round draft picks, and we're still in the same spot. Yeah. I mean, like, well, here we are, right? We got Tunsil, we got Tannehill, other Pouncey. He's gone. He Pro Bowl in the Chargers when we thought he was done. Funny how that always happens. Um, but you're talking Deion Jordan. You're talking guys that you just like you don't remember anymore. And it's like who cares? It didn't work out, and we lost, and we thought we got the right guy. Let's just fuck around and just throw shit to the wind and see if it works out. Fuck it. Like, just go crazy. Just draft, like, a guy from Australia of rugby league in, in the third round and just fucking maybe he turns into the next Marshawn Lynch. Who knows? Go crazy because what we've been doing isn't working. And I hope Chris Greer listens to this and he just – he does that. If Kyler Murray's there, yeah, he's undersized. But can he run around and throw a fucking football? Yep. Will he make, leave and go play baseball? Yep. Fuck it. Draft him. Let's do it. What I mean, what else is going to happen? What are we going to be mediocre, be 13th overall in the draft? Who cares? What's what's go, There's nothing else that can happen that can be any worse than the last 30 years have been for the Miami Dolphins franchise. That's exactly what's going to happen. Kyler Murray's going to get drafted by the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to go play for the Oakland Athletics. I, I'd rather go play for the bad baseball team than play football for the bad football team. Uh, that's what, dude, you nailed it around the head. But how, how's this kind of tying in what we did on the last segment for if we draft Kyler Murray, um, the first 200 fans get uh, what they think is a Kyler Murray bobblehead doll, but it turns out since he's so short, it's just Kyler Murray that they're handing out to everybody. <laughs> and he just has to go to everyone's house. It's like the kid from Willy Wonka that gets shrunken down on the yeah. TV. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they just they just make him go to 200 different fans' houses. They have to share them, like the Stanley Cup trophy uh, for the winning team where they have one day with them and then they got to move on to the next guy. That's what Well, that's hopefully unlike the Stanley uh, Cup, they're not drinking beer out of him. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. I mean, hey, he's yours for 24 hours. You do whatever you want. I mean, That sounds uh, like sounds like slavery a little bit, but okay. <laughs> well, now, now that you made it weird. <laughs> He's yours to do whatever you want for twice. Kyler Murray's like, I didn't sign up for this. I'm going to play baseball. Listen to me. I, uh, you know, two months ago, I would let that go, but I have to cut that entire bit because now I'm getting these gigs with Louis C.K. and Bob Saget oh, and all shit, these other huge right. people. Uh, I'm going to end up on the news again, Chris. So My bad. Gonna, Damn it. No, no, no. It's totally fine. Wait, did you say you're going to end up on the news again? Well, we did have protesters at one of the shows for Louis C.K. So, oh boy. Um, no, it was fine. They were very nice protesters. I uh, I walked by them. They they got out of the way, and then we uh, we we, uh, we made five hundred people laugh, and the the twenty people that were outside could not be heard. Um, so it was totally fine. Um, okay, so we talked about uh, actually we really didn't. I mean, I guess we just said draft Kyler Murray. That's our plan. Um, so so you don't really you, you don't see. You don't see somebody like Nick Foles or or another veteran. I don't know. Being, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, with, with the whole leaking and these big prominent like uh, media guys for the local Miami Dolphins, the, the newspaper, the Miami Herald, and stuff that have ties with the organization, that just doesn't fit the narrative that they're that they're tanking that they're going to spend thirty twenty million dollars on Nick Foles to come be the answer. And when we're also like planning on drafting Tua or somebody in a two thousand twenty draft, I fully expect. <clears throat> Us to get somebody like a Joe Flacco, maybe mm. if he's cut, um, maybe a Terod Taylor 
uh, if he's available uh, as a veteran guy, maybe to kind of win us three, four games, but nothing crazy. Or, yep, draft Locke, draft Murray, draft Will Greer, um, or just I can totally see the Miami Dolphins saying, fuck it. And letting David Fails or Osweiler be our starting quarterback for the entire season uh, in full goddamn Indianapolis Colts tank mode for luck. Um, that season that Peyton Manning hurt his neck. I mean, it was just terrible. I remember the quarterbacks that were running out there. You had never heard them before. And they just made it seem like they're, well, it was, he gives us the best chance to win. Like, no one believed that. They didn't believe it themselves, and they still did it, and they ended up getting Andrew Luck. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what Stephen Ross's plan is, but he's doing something different. What he's been doing isn't working, and as a business owner and somebody that's worth billions of dollars, you don't get rich doing the same thing that's not working. You change things up, so maybe he's fucking going for broke, and he's going to literally go to tank, and we can sign Jay Feely or Jay Fiedler. <laughs> Jay Feely, the kicker, yeah. Jay Fiedler and Jay Feely and AJ Feely, all three will be our starting backup and third-string quarterback. Hey man, uh, that might be what we're trying to uh, accomplish here. Like you said, if we're gonna uh, we're gonna tank for two or somebody else. Um, but uh, one thing that uh, I also want to bring up, since we're celebrating the new coach and we're celebrating uh, presumptive new regime, whether it's going to be good or bad, uh, that ties in nicely with this show because we're never sure if this is going to be good or bad. But uh, we are going <laughs> to celebrate the fact here, Chris, that it is late January of 2019. Uh, you and I started this little excursion of perfect bill we broke ground we stuck the shovels in the ground uh in january of 2016 uh which means that we are just recently three years old here wow. in Perfectville, uh, we have our we we've been incorporated. We have in our little birthday party hat here. We're gonna roll out the cake. Uh, but yeah, January fourteenth of two thousand sixteen, we unveiled Perfectville on the world. Three episodes. The first one, Dolphins head coach Adam Gase. Episode two, the two thousand fifteen Miami Dolphins season awards. My God. And then episode three, the Ryan Tannehill debate. So. Our third episode was about Ryan Tannehill, and our last episode that we are not our last episode, but our, our, our this episode that I'm talking about right now that you're listening to, uh, also talking about Ryan Tannehill. So as things change, uh, the more they stay the same. So, uh, anyways, happy happy birthday, Chris! And, wow, man! Uh, yeah, no, happy birthday! Three years of doing this show. Three years. It feels like months. I mean, it just really has been nothing but fun every time. I get behind the mic and we just talk about the Dolphins. It is uh, effortless. I, I I hope you feel. I think you feel the same too. We don't script anything. We don't. Uh, we don't plan anything. Clearly, we actually, yeah, clearly, we get on before the show and we're like, eh, so about Flores, maybe Tannehill and Gase. That he looked weird. Let's talk about that. And then all of a sudden, fifty minutes later, we have an episode. So, um, I think we both enjoy doing what we're doing. We're both good at what we do. I enjoy doing it. Obviously we have listeners and we've been doing this for three years. Uh, we're not everybody's cup of tea. And it's actually kind of funny to me uh, now that it's kind of snowballed to the point where there's so many dolphins podcasts, there's people on Twitter that ask for their favorites. And sometimes we're mentioned, sometimes we're, we're not. And um, sometimes people are like, uh, you know, saying things like it's just friends talking that's what we wanted that's what we wanted like we literally when we started this we said we want to be guys at the bar bullshitting about the dolphins with a with a beer in our hand that that's it like we're not going to get crazy um 
video breakdown of anything coaches tape and you know Travis and the other guys do that and they're fucking incredible at it. I love it. I love the things that have spun off from this. The friends that we made, it's been three years. It's been fantastic and I hope we keep doing this for a long time because uh, well, shit, we're just literally sitting back and talking about the Dolphins and even though we suck, God, how good is it going to be to have the show when we're actually good one day? That's going to be nuts. Yeah, that that is going to be nuts, and I'm hoping it's uh, not another three years until we can talk about that again. <laughs> but uh, you're right. I mean, all those people, whether it's Travis Wingfield, Kevin Dern, uh, whether it's uh, Simon Clancy, who was our first ever guest on this show, uh, okay. whether it's players like Richmond Webb and Greg Camarillo, whether it's uh, comedians like Kabir Singh and Jim Florentine, um, you know, you know, we've we've been lucky to have. We don't have guests on all the time. We don't feel the need to, but uh, every now and then, when we do get a guest, we're excited to have them on because they're good guests, and we think they uh, they bring something here to the town of Perfectville. I also want to thank um, Michael Leva over at DolphinsTalk.com. We are a part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I failed to say that at the beginning of the show, but that has been a just a wonderful uh, marriage for us as well. And yes, we're patting ourselves on the back here a little bit, but. Uh, uh, damn it, we deserve it because uh, we have more wins than Adam Gase has over the last three years with this <laughs> with this freaking show. And one of the wins that we've had is um, the Finzies, and uh, the Finzies are coming back. This is going to be our Ooh. third season or third year, the third annual Finzies Award. Uh, that'll be happening uh, probably in March. We'll have a couple episodes, I'm guessing, before then. Uh, but just to let everyone know, uh, I am headed out on the road. I am headed out on tour with some uh, some pretty fun names in comedy. So we may be uh, trying to have some, some, some episodes in the can that we can just release. So hopefully they're not dated by the time you guys see them. But uh, just, just so you guys are aware that you guys are listening to this right now, if we go more than three days or three weeks, it's <laughs> because Sam Marcu is actually doing funny things on the road and is sitting in a hotel with his thumb up his ass and not on the mouse key talking to Chris. So um, I will let you guys know as those things come online and as I go every, which way and everywhere, but I'll be on the East Coast doing comedy before too long. Uh, actually, in a couple of weeks, I'll be down in Southern California running around. I'm actually doing a casino show, Chris, and uh, it is myself and Dat Fan, the first winner of Last Comic Standing, and going on in the same casino is Snoop Dogg. Holy shit. Yeah, I have a feeling Snoop Dogg's going to outdraw. I might no-show my own show to go to the Snoop Dogg concert. Put <laughs> <laughs> a cut out out there and play like a recording of like a former set. Yeah, it sounds way more interesting than anything I'm going to say on stage for 20 minutes. So, uh, no, it's 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 getting fun out here doing the comedy thing. Where are you going also, on the East Coast? Uh, I'm actually going to be uh, doing some gigs for some corporations on uh, in the Tampa area in, in ah, late February. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, just doing all kinds of fun stuff here, there, and everywhere. It's it's good times. But uh, anyway, we will be doing some shows. We're gonna we're gonna start throwing out some of the. Uh, categories for the Finzies before too long. And as you guys know, the Finzies are always fun because we always have special guests. It's like our own little Royal Rumble. We always have a surprise guest mm. that pops up. There's always something good to do. There's always all kinds of fun comedy stuff. Um, so, Chris, any, anything else you'd like to bring up as we uh, stop patting ourselves on the back? Anything about <laughs> the Dolphins? Anything about Adam Gase's coked-out eyeballs? Anything else about anything in life in general that you'd like to bring up? No, and I, I don't want to start a whole thing about it because we're ending the show, but Please do not sign Le'Veon Bell. He wants to sign here because he wants a rap career. Absolutely not. 
No, that is a that you know that'll be our next episode. Is the uh, yeah, oh, you know go. what? Maybe we'll call it the Le'Veon Bell Award, which is the uh, the worst <laughs> signing from last off season. Uh, we'll call it the the the, the Le'Veon Bell Award for the Finzies. <laughs> there you go. People that we or maybe it'll be we'll nominate people we don't want to win that award or you know that we don't want to sign. So we'll figure it out. But I agree with you. There's no need for Le'Veon Bell. We have good running backs. No need to uh, upset that apple cart and spend way too much money on a position of her guy that uh, will only be here one or two years and, and move on. So I agree with you. Uh, with that being said, Chris, as part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, there's only one last thing to say, and that is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.